0: Welcome viewers, listeners, to your weekly dose of everything DC, the DC Comics News Podcast. This is episode 184. I'm Steve, and with me is my brother from Another Mother, the always awesome Mr. Brad Felicki. How are you, sir? Hey,
1: I'm good. How are you doing, Steve?
0: I'm great. Always nice Happy to be. be... Yeah, yeah,
1: it's good yeah. to see
0: you. Always nice to be on the airwaves with you. Because yeah, you are, always. like I said, my bro from an OMO. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we've got uh, some great news this week some weird news this week and uh, everything in between let's start with the mm-hmm. big screen stories and our first movie news piece is about the blue beetle movie which has the second best um office holding since birds of prey and the fourth best overall out of all the dcu movies which is pretty decent news right
1: i think it is i think this is a good sign that this film is going to have legs beyond even what it does in the box office. I have a feeling that it's gonna be one of those that people are really gonna watch when it starts to stream and that they're gonna watch again and again, it's gonna be something that they're gonna to wanna to share with their with their family, with their kids, whatever it may be. And that's a really good sign. I think that's, it, it really points to the fact that this film is is going to kinda, not a cult classic, but it's gonna be one of those films that we talk about, like, man, people didn't pay attention when it came out in the theaters, but it became this, you know, this this hit. And, uh, you know, it would be funny to see, it would be a real kind of uh, a sweet revenge if it gets does so well later that it gets re-released in theaters because I I really enjoyed it.
0: And that's high praise indeed. If Brad liked it, people pay attention Mm because Brad is the dude. And I've got to say, maybe it's like you said, there seems to be like this thing with amazing films that start with the letter B that don't do well in theatres, but do become like classics on uh, VHS and then DVD and Blu-ray and download. Like Blues Brothers was a total flop in theatres. And it's, for me, one of the greatest films ever made. Same with Blade Runner. It did not do well in theatres, but it has become a cult classic. I think Blue Beetle could follow suit. And having, we discussed it a few weeks back with the uh, Latino side of things, the young teenage hero, the drama of family um and everything that goes with that and then adding superpowers in it's just a fascinating concept for a film and um i haven't seen it as yet but i really want to i love the character and i love the comics
1: yeah i'd be interested to see what you what you think of it when you do get to see it
0: but i'm unapologetically um loved Virtually everything DC's put out in recent years. The only two DC films I don't like are Superman 4 and Catwoman. Uh, the rest, the rest I really like. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think anyone could really defend either of those two films. So Indie Hug. It'd be <laughs> difficult. Mm-hmm. But um, a film I can also defend, which sadly, again, people are knocking, is The Flash. But it seems... That uh, the George Clooney ending we we got, which I thoroughly enjoyed, I thought that was great and a great way to close that episode of the DCU and start a new one because all the old Batmans are gone. We're getting a new one. It wasn't the original, and we would have had a different ending, which has been leaked. What do you make of this story? Uh,
1: yeah, I think uh, I, I think this is a kind of a ploy to get more people to watch it, and this is another. This is just another thing that's just sad to me i don't i don't understand why people aren't watching this in streaming why i don't i just don't get it this is something that i hope kind of like blue beetle gets a second life um i think i I think it deserves it too so you know we'll see um but yeah i think this was kind of released so that it would get people curious to uh to watch it who may not have gotten a chance to see it yet
0: it's really weird because the uh... Reports I'm seeing is that streaming and downloads of the film have been really, really encouraging and better than oh, really? a lot of films. Yeah, oh, yeah it see, didn't do I well heard. in theatres, but Flash did really well oh, on streaming see, and downloads.
1: I, that's interesting because I heard, um, I'm glad that you tell me that because I have heard that it wasn't doing well on streaming, that people weren't watching it. But
0: that's, that's yeah, that's really good to know. Yeah, um, and in Europe, it's smashing um, records apparently for downloads and streaming. So oh, good, 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 good. Um, I think it's just the cynical fans, maybe in the US, that are so and, yeah, uh, anti DC and anti anything that isn't Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. I'm Zack Snyder's biggest fan. I adore everything he's done, but I will not centre all my hopes of the DC Universe around him. Right. There are hugely talented storytellers, directors, and writers out there other than Zack Snyder.
1: And what bugs me about that whole thing is there was a whole bunch of detractors from Zack Snyder.
0: Yeah, when he was making the films, everyone hated him.
1: Now everybody like it's 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 absolutely
0: infuriating. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's well, I kind of get it because when the Snyder Cut did come out, it was so far superior to what we got originally that people thought actually maybe this guy's brilliant after all, and those pre-haters just grew up but now they've become Snyder cultists and I don't know what's worse yeah, so <laughs> yeah you can't win but on that and tone um, obviously we got the Snyder cut and we've talked about it for months if not years uh, that the David air cut of Suicide Squad is a completely different film also. I mean I've yet to see a director's cut that isn't far superior to the theatrical release but this latest report And this interview with David said that um, that film broke him and tainted his view of Hollywood. And I can understand that. What did you think?
1: I agree with the poor guy. And that just makes me want to see him vindicated and get to see the air cut released. Absolutely. Um, It's just, you know, sometimes Warner Brothers just doesn't know what they're doing. And I think that that has been evident in some choices they've made. You know, I don't have to. Rehash the whole Batgirl cancellation things like that.
0: Don't get me started on Batgirl. You
1: know, it's just you know I I, this just makes me More excited or hopeful that we'll get the air cut and I'll be really interested in seeing it and seeing You know at the end of the day what his vision was especially if it was so mangled Because critics and audiences really didn't like Suicide Squad. So I think he deserves a chance to uh, Say hey, this is what I wanted not what the studio wanted and, you know, not that I'm holding my breath, but maybe Warner Brothers would actually learn something, you know, from that. So, yeah, we'll see. But it just makes me more excited for the air cut
0: if we ever get to see it. Fingers crossed. I mean, the uh, fact that James Gunn said it will get its time in the suns is, is obviously good news. But, again, I didn't hate um, the original cut of Suicide Squad that we got. In fact, my wife... Probably favorite two DC movies are the two Suicide Squad films. She loves them to
1: pieces. Yeah, I didn't mind it. And I didn't, and I think we've talked about this before a few times. Like, I didn't mind Jared Leto's Joker really that much it. either. I wanted to see more. I wanted to see what he would do. And that was one of my favorite parts of the Snyder Cut, was
0: the nightmare sequence yeah, absolutely. At, at the end. But yeah, you know, fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Yeah. visually Leto didn't work but as the character playing the role he I, personally I, I thought he was great but yeah. that's the thing with uh, anything art, it's subjective people love it or hate it for their own reasons but um, mm-hmm. uh, it's the fans that don't accept anyone else's opinions but their own that let the side down yeah. because yeah. if you love something I hate hey I'm really glad you enjoyed it and got something out of it I don't yes. say that you're wrong mm-hmm. but hey that's us, we're just nicer people I guess Brad Yeah, I guess so yeah. The dynamic, no toxic duo. fandom
1: here, yep.
0: Yep. none whatsoever. No, we're yeah. anti toxic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're yeah. good for you, like comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, fingers crossed we will get to see the film. And Gun Gun's behind it, so I, I will keep my fingers crossed that one day yeah. it will happen. Now, something I'm really hoping does happen, especially the fact that the actor has now stated that he has spoken with James Gunn and Carlos Esposito, one of my favorite character actors of recent years. Breaking Bad, he absolutely killed it. The Star Wars um, films, uh, the Star Wars uh, TV show, The Mandalorian. Um, he's in talks, and this time he's saying he doesn't want to be a villain, he wants to be a good guy. I'm invested, I'm in. What about you? Yeah, but
1: uh, I wanted to be a good guy, but I kept, there's something in the back of my mind that keeps saying, Luther, Luther, Luther. I said the same thing. So... Yeah, maybe it'd be, you know, and but I part of me is also like he plays villains all the time, so it would kind of be nice to see that flipped on its head a little bit. But man, I think he would make a great Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah but um, I can't argue but, with that. I, and who knows what James Gunn has in store? Um, maybe you know, maybe he'd be a Mister Terrific or something. You know, because you know he he's kind of stated that he wants those characters. To be brought in, so I don't know. I don't know, but I personally, I would love to see him play
0: Lex Luthor. I think he'd play an incredible Lex. See the hive mind once again. I thought I you know. saw, especially after seeing him in The Mandalorian. He he makes such a great, cool, calm, collected, intelligent villain. And that's what we need. Luthor in Lex. would have fitted him to a T. Obviously, we've had oh. the casting We've got a a Mr. Uh, terrific for Superman Legacy. But I was racking my brains about heroic characters he could also play and. I'm thinking Amazing Man, a character that's got a history and a background with the Justice Society, a little bit older, a little bit more mature. Mm -hmm. One of those types of characters again would be incredible. And Gunn does seem to have this love for these legacy characters. The fact that he's bringing back the creature commandos and um, including the terrifics in the new Superman film. So I just think that a character actor that strong needs to be in a DC movie. He'll give it credibility, he'll give it gravitas. And it will get fans of his invested Mm -hmm. in seeing the films, too. So, yeah, yeah, let's hope that comes to fruition. Mm -hmm. Now, Batman Day is coming. My favourite day of the year. Yes, it's up there with Christmas and Halloween and all the holidays. Batman Day is coming. We're getting a fantastic event in the UK called Batman Unmasked, which uh, my team and I will be attending and reporting on. But the Dark Knight trilogy will be hitting theatres, at least in the US, to celebrate. Great news, right?
1: Oh, yeah, great news. I would, there's part of me that wants, yeah, I mean, I've seen all the films pretty much numerous times, but I still think it would be cool to, once again, and see them in the big screen, so it would be cool to see them again, um, especially for Batman Day. That would be such a fun thing to, to share with fans. I think that's what, September 16, so that's, so that's uh, that's coming up. So, yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be a fun time. Get some get some snacks and
0: get comfy and just do the whole, just do the whole trilogy. Hey, if they don't get released in theaters over here, I've got my Blu-ray box set. I'll break those out. Yeah. Break out the popcorn, break out the cola and away we go. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. They are the most successful Batman films. There's no doubt about it. Whether they're the best or the worst or whatever else is subjective. That's down to everyone um, else's opinion. Um, I will admit they're not my absolute favourites because I do think they're grounded, great movies. I don't think they're fantastic comic book movies or outstanding Batman movies, but they are brilliant films. They're brilliant pieces of cinema. Um, So them getting a theatrical release and possibly gaining new fans is just a brilliant thing all round. I'm really happy about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, grands, you lucky people in the US. But, hey, in the UK, we've got Batman Unmasked, which will include Heath Ledger's costumes, which will include oh, nice. uh, Hurricane Phoenix's costumes, two Bat-Cycles, and a ton of other stuff from the films and from the comics, nice. too. So I'll let you know when that goes live, sir. Now, that's cinema, and so's Aquaman 2. And, um... It's already broken records by having the longest time between its original trailer released and the film itself coming out. And yes, it does seem like absolutely forever since the first trailer and since we announced this movie, right?
1: Yeah, man, that's not, I've been waiting for this and I kept thinking, I I remember talking to friends, like when are they going to release this trailer? The time is, time is ticking. And, uh, you know, when I first saw the headline, I was thinking, oh, maybe it broke records of how many people watched it. But not quite. It was, you know, the closest so cool. release or closest trailer release to the actual release of the movie. Uh, but the trailer looks good. Um, I I really enjoyed all the Black Manta footage. He seems like he's going to be a really strong villain this time out. And uh Yeah, uh, and Jason Momoa is still loving the character. You can tell he's loving being there and that's that's a lot of fun So yeah, I mean, I'm excited, but you know, I wish we would have seen this sooner, but you know, hey, I'm happy for any footage we get
0: And hopefully that just means We feel like we're waiting less time for the actual film because Aquaman 2 I mean It was announced virtually the second the first movie came out, and it's been. It feels like decades. I mean, I know it's only been a few years, but it feels like forever since the first Aquaman. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, Yes, the record's a bit of an odd one, but um, the costumes look good, which is your purview, your domain, and your speciality.
1: Yeah, the costume. Yes, yes, yes. I should mention that. You're. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, The costumes do look good. Um, the the more that more traditional Aquaman costume that we see that we saw in the first one, uh, really works. You know, sometimes yeah, that's can, fantastic, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, and all those costumes that that could translate the hardest. <laughs> that might be the hardest to make look good, but man, they they did it. They get props for that alone. And Black Manta always has such a cool, classic oh, yeah. look, and they're sticking with that. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely happy with with um, the character designs
0: and the looks, of the costumes. It's brilliant because I'm glad you brought it up because I agree that classic Aquaman costume. If you think back to things like the Super Friends, that bright orange, bright green would not work on screen. It works good on the page, but the screen,
1: that would be a hard sell.
0: So changing that into a coppery gold and an ocean green. Mm-hmm. particularly with Momoa's skin tone and the way he looks and his whole surfer attitude it looks fantastic yeah so yeah um brilliant brilliant design work and, and great work all around from james Wan and the team and i'm hoping he keeps that whole action vibe indiana jones vibe horror vibe mix along with mm-hmm. the superheroics so it could be a fantastic sequel.
1: and they keep coming back to this is war this is war so mm. i'm, I'm going to be excited to see what this war is and how that's going to An underwater war will look
0: on screen, will be really cool. And the whole comments of it being a standalone uh, universe uh, outside of the VCU, but still a part of it. I love that because Aquaman, you can watch completely by itself and not think of anything else. And that was one of its greatest strengths, I think.
1: And I think, you know, going back, you haven't seen it yet, but uh, going back to Blue Beetle for a second, Mm. that was turned out to be one of the film's strengths, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we might see the same with
0: with Aquaman too. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed, bro. Let's mm-hmm. keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> so let's leave the oceans and the world of cinema for a moment and talk TV. Now, again, in the UK, we haven't had the joy of seeing My Adventures of Superman season one as yet, but the announcement that season two is definitely happening it's imminent and the producers saying that it will blow people's minds exciting isn't even the word is it
1: no uh uh, yeah let's see what they got you know um i uh i think this is a really interesting um take on the superman mythos and uh i just listened to an audio book on the biography of superman um the book that came out Oh, a few years ago, but it was, and it made me wish that it was slightly newer, they could update it. And I was thinking about things like, like my adventures with Superman and Superman Smashes the Clan and all those really cool new Superman stories Great that stuff. we're getting since then. And I think that this is um, another one of the, it, it's such a, he, Superman is such a cool character because you can get all these takes and all these different iterations of the character and this is a really fun wholesome take and and kind of modern with the modern look of everything and um yeah and there's so many characters that you can draw from so i'm curious what characters they're gonna bring in so yeah if they say it's gonna blow my mind i say all right let's see what you got
0: you know i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm there for it so we'll see um what i've already heard from season one the fact that it's a vintage Superman. It's a figure of hope, mm-hmm. uh, someone to aspire towards uh, knowing and being. And that's what Superman should always be. I mean, let's yes. remember to all the people that say, oh, he's boring, oh, he's overpowered, this, that, and the other. Yes, I am a self confessed Batman fan. I like the grounded, more inverted commas, realistic heroes. But let's turn this around here this is a man with the power of the gods this is a man who is virtually indestructible this is a man who could fly around the world who could destroy you from orbit with his heat vision he has power that's awesome but what does he do with that power he uses it to help others he's literally making the ultimate sacrifice he could rule the world and never do a thing again in his life and and no one could stop him but instead he helps the everyman he helps the little guy he pulls kittens out of trees for goodness sake That's a hero. Someone who uses his power for others is a true hero. And think of Superman that way and what other hero can touch him. And, you
1: know, that's why people are still Superman fans to this day. They enjoy the subtext. And it's the same way with Batman. That's why Batman is still so popular. And it's fun to see how different writers play with that subtext and what they bring out of it. And it's just, and this the show is. Just, it's just fun to watch them interpret. And you're right. There's su- there's such a purity to Superman, and it's it's fun to watch. It doesn't necessarily work as a dark character all the time, and um, it, it, it's kind of fun to see these versions where it is that kind of bright. Um, and I use the term "big blue boy scout" as yeah, not to take absolutely. away, but to add to him in the. It's
0: case. a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, like you said, I mean, Batman and Superman are the ones that everything else stemmed from and the psychology behind the two characters is unquestionable. The fact that Superman is, to all intents and purposes, an immigrant, someone who's come to this world, not just to this US, to this world. To find his way and make his life and that is an eternal story that People like you and I the children of immigrants can really understand and get behind and Batman is a figure of terror and fear and darkness But he's a protector and his greatest enemy is a figure of mirth and laughter and joy and yet He's a psychotic murderer Mm. The, the the levels of storytelling behind these characters is fantastic And that's why my adventures with Superman works. It's getting the essence of Superman and Putting it back out there for people to enjoy. So long may it continue. Yep. Yep. So that's definitely coming back, but sadly, the Arrowverse seems to be no more, and we seem to have seen that uh, a deleted scene from Flash um, episode nine, season season nine, um, has a bit which is removed where Barry's discussing giving up his identity now. I think because in the U.K. we have far fewer ads in our programming, that wasn't cut in the U.K. version because that's the scene I remember seeing on Mm -hmm. TV. I might be mistaken, but I believe that's what we got. But what do you make of it? Yeah, um,
1: I, you know, I I wish I could take away more from it, but I'm a little bit behind on the flash. I watched the scene. It seems fine. I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily seems necessary, so maybe I could see why it was cut. Um, but I, I, I just really need to catch up on the flash. But where there's so many seasons. I just, I'm I'm working my way through it. I just finished the the Superman and Lois most recent season, so now I can move around in the Arrowverse a little bit. And um, I just, you know, even if it's a if it's a scene that's not necessarily um, important. I I still love the chemistry of the actors in the show. You can tell that they get along. It was such a family, and that is always always makes a show work. I, I, you know, it, that's why people miss Firefly. It was just because those actors had chemistry, and you could tell they loved working together, and they had a great time being there, making the show. Same way with the Flash. So, um,
0: even if the scene isn't essential,
1: it's still fun to watch.
0: That's what made the whole Arrowverse great for me is the fact that, yes, it was superheroes. Yes, it was action and adventure. But the family aspect, the soap opera aspect of it was really terrific. Mm-hmm. And um, it'll be missed. But for what I can make out in the U.S. Uh, broadcast version, uh, well, basically, it's a Groundhog Day type episode where they're stuck in, stuck in a time loop and barry wants to gain their trust and he says the best way to do that is to tell them who he is and then deal with the ramifications later again i'm sure that's exactly what we got in the uk version but that was mm. cut in the us due to time constraints i don't know what else mm. and he just carried on working with them to solve the issue of the time loop so mm. it's not essential to the plot but again a fascinating change as to yeah. why why they would actually do that mm. So we've talked about the screen actors, live action animation. Let's talk about the thing we love more than anything in the world, comics. Mm. And, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson has become one of my absolute favorite writers. He's doing great things three issues in with the new Incredible Hulk series for Marvel. But his Superman stories of recent years have been fantastic. His last God's fantasy comic book for DC was incredible. And now he's talking about his Superman inspiration. And it's a great article. What did you make of it? He seems like a great guy.
1: I saw him on some DC panels in San Diego and I uh, was talking about the whole purity of the Superman character. He really gets that. He kept coming back to, he kept repeating something over and over again in those panels where he said, Superman is my religion. And Wonderful. he gets the character. And the idea that um, he says, you know, it's like he, music is the inspiration. And that he thinks of Donius Monk and Donius Monk should stick with the melody. And I think when it comes to comics or these characters, the melody is the what drives the character, the, the morality, the, um, you know, what makes him tick. And with Superman, that is that purity, that good, that good heart, no matter what. And um, I, I think when he says the whole stick to the melody, I think he really gets it. He's really tuned into why those characters, the DC characters, you know, not to lose my train of thought, but, like, Zack Snyder got it when he said, Well, you know, DC characters are like gods. It's not like the Marvel Absolutely. with the world outside your window. Yeah. And I think that he, he, he's, Kennedy Johnson is tuned into that too. And um, that's, that's, when you know that, those are the stories that get studied in college courses. Um, that's that's where you get. Yeah, that's where you get your Kingdom Comes, your Dark Knight Returns, for instance, or, you know, all those those really landmark DC superhero stories that that are kind of um, that, that still remain those those pieces of like we always say literature, you know. And I think that he really he really gets that and is tuned into that. So I'm I'm really going to enjoy what he does with the character, because when you say something
0: like that, you really get it. He's a terrific writer. And if he comes across as a great person as well, that just, that just makes me happy. Because we've yeah. said it before, most comics creators tend to be really nice people. Yeah. And we mentioned it with My Adventures with Superman. Um, the people who are making these shows, making these comic books, get the character. And more importantly, love the character and what he stands for. Mm-hmm. And Superman is one of those hugely misunderstood characters for me. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, I, I didn't always love him. But the second I saw Superman, the original movie with uh, Christopher Reeve in 1978 as an eight year old, changed my life, changed me completely. The way I look at things. And yes, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel was a little bit darker, but the hero was still there. He was still the same guy that could do so much, Mm -hmm. but didn't. Um, The whole scene where he's getting bullied in the cafe and his only revenge is wrecking the guy's truck when you just really wanted him to slap the guy yeah um that's superman restraint compassion mm-hmm. yeah. heroism and philip kennedy johnson good on you sir you get that mm-hmm. and uh, yep. i will read your superman comics as, for as long as you're writing them mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. i'm glad to see him his name kind of um getting up there and and with your with your with your toms and your ram v's
0: and, and joshua
1: williams is all those those dc big hitters that are
0: that are working right now i mean the fact he's writing superman tells you something
1: oh right yeah exactly
0: yeah dc's flagship character along with batman and wonder woman um that says everything Mm -hmm. and he's been writing it for a good few years now yep
1: yep so yeah and that's and that's that's just sitting back and doing his thing and not not asking for that's that's very superman like in a way so he's, he's the perfect perfect choice
0: couldn't agree more brother now, I'll talk about perfect choices and the writer I know that you're a big fan of, as am I. And the fact that uh, Tom King seems to be back in Batman's world quite firmly after Batman Catwoman and then Batman Killing Time, um, the uh, origin of the Batman um, Joker relationship in the new Brave and the Bold. Um, He seems to be wanting to grasp the street level Batman and get away from the massive crime wars and City of Banes type stories. And for me, that's King's forte. He's a wonderful character writer. So what do you make of this story?
1: You know, yeah, I I get where he's coming from, um, but still. I, maybe I'm nuts, but I, you know, during the pandemic, I, I reread the, the entire um, Tom King run it's and it, it felt, yeah, it's terrific, but it felt a little bit grounded to me, despite all the wars and all the characters, his kind of take on it felt grounded to me. So to hear him come and say that kind of surprised me, but um I, I think he's gonna have a chance to go that route with this new Penguin series. So when he it's says so that good. it's like, Well, yeah, now what's he gonna do with the Penguin to keep that grounded and and we've talked about this before. I think I think Penguin is a very underrated character that, that doesn't get the respect that he deserves. So I'd like to see it in Tom King to really have that that, that kind of bringing the character's reputation up and maybe those grounded stories are just what it needs. So yeah. Um, I, you know, I think we said this too on the podcast is that in in Tom, we trust. So I get what he's, I'll let him do what he does because he's so, he's so good. So, uh,
0: you know, just, just uh, let us see what you got. Let the artist make his art. That's what I say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we've talked about Tom King a lot. So both great fans of his work, but ha- have you read Penguin One? I have not yet. Try and pick up the zero issue first, which collects. Yeah, the that's what I wanted to too. That's Batman. why I haven't,
1: because I haven't been able to find the, the zero issue yet. But, you know.
0: but brilliantly, um, number one, you can read by itself. But if you read the zero issue first, it, it does give it a little bit more uh, depth.
1: Yeah, and I wanted that refresher because I know that the zero is that reprinting of certain stories mm. that came earlier. But it that's such a really cool condensed way to refresh my memory on everything.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I do want to read that. I've got access to all the box files. I'll, I'll get back to you. Uh, oh, today nice! When nice. we finish recording, cool. it's cool. really good. Penguin cool. number one is one of my favourite number one issues in a long.
1: Time. Oh, nice! I was. I had a feeling that it was going to surprise people. I, you know, I had
0: kind of had high hopes. Well, the guy who's reviewing it for us, hey Philip, for Dark knight News, uh, said Penguin really, and then he read the zero issue, he read zero, and he said Steve. Thanks for giving me this. This is fantastic. Good, good. That should say it all. Mm -hmm. I mean, who knew? A Penguin series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And who knew that Kevin Smith Mm. would be selling a whole bunch of insanely awesome original comic book art. Oh, if only we were rich, Brad.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, I... Love the idea that he had some Daredevil Frank Miller work and some of the Green Arrow work. But, you know, you know me and you know what got me when I read one word in that article, and that was Preacher. To have Uh, some of Steve Steve Dillon's work. Oh, my God. That would just makes my heart skip a beat Um, because Preacher almost means as much to me as sandman and that is that's saying
0: highest price indeed so yeah.
1: i would love to get my hands on that that preacher art and god bless you kevin smith you uh you really help support the uh the nerd community if you will and and you know it's going to go to a good cause so you know and you know i uh, i hope that they make a lot of money but yeah that that preacher is what, what got me
0: for me it's everything all of them. Yeah. Frank Miller art sold. Oh yeah, Preacher art uh, sold. Matt Wagner's covers. Oh yeah, yeah. to Green Arrow. Those yeah. for me are some of my favourite comics covers of all time. And are they not? Is that not Quiver then? Is that not the twelve issue series that actually, that Kevin actually wrote? That's that's what I thought. That's what I took away from it. Yeah, that's yeah. So he's got those covers yeah. directly from his friend and co-creator um, on that series, which to me is still one of the best Green Arrow stories yeah. ever. Quiver is yeah. fantastic.
1: And I still um, say that, yeah. that Batman Company is one of the most oh, underrated Batman yeah, Absolutely. It.
0: It. Onomatopoeia, what a villain. <laughs> yep, yep. What a baddie! So, um, oh man, if if I get a lottery win, I'm gonna bid on one of those. If it's just <laughs> one Frank Miller page, and it doesn't say which one, but yeah. that issue, um, I mean, 181.
1: I've, did
0: it. Yeah, am I like, crazy to me That's what I thought. Yeah, that issue I've pulled out, and I'll happily own any page from that comic. Oh book. yeah, yeah. <laughs> happily yep. own any page from that, even the weakest pages is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, whew. People who are going to have that auction are in for a treat and hopefully yep. in for a bargain. But I see the prices getting to the upper echelons on this one. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: especially they know it was part of Kevin Smith. And I mean, yeah.
0: that's yeah, it's yeah. well, the fact he signed a couple of them extra as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to add to the value because yep. he's probably in comics now that we've lost Stan Lee, who's more recognizable than Kevin Smith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very few people, to yeah. my mind. So yeah, awesome, absolutely awesome. So that's it. That's all our stories for this week for episode one hundred and eighty-four of the DC Comics News Podcast. But
1: hey, closer and closer to two hundred.
0: Yes, sixteen episodes mm-hmm. to go. So, yeah. oh, and we're getting close to episode one hundred of I Am the Night as well, which hopefully yeah. you'll be joining us for. Yep. And yep. with the sad passing of Arlene Sorquin, the fact that we're yeah. reviewing Mad Love makes it. Even more special and poignant, so mm. keep an ear out for that, guys. Mm. But what else have you been watching, reading, enjoying in the world of DC since last we spoke?
1: Uh, I uh, have been reading the One Bad Day villain so good. one-shots are really so good. good. I, just earlier today, I finished the Two-Face one. Mm. That was really good. The Catwoman one was really good. The Penguin one was great. Um, so yeah, I've been reading those, and uh, actually later tonight I, I'm going to do a reread of Superman for tomorrow. Awesome. Because of that that um, Superman biography, and I wish I had the title and the author, but it was really good, and he talked about that series a lot in it. So I need to I need to revisit that. So um, that's going to be my next bit of uh, DC, and I really enjoyed the first volume of. G Willow Wilson's Poison Ivy.
0: Oh, it's brilliant! Was really it?
1: was really really good. Yeah, so that's that's the DC stuff that I uh, that I've been reading, and of course I saw Blue Beetle, which was which I I really enjoyed. So, what about you?
0: G Willow Wilson's Poison Ivy is terrific. I mean, the fact that it was slated to be a six issue mini, yeah. it was so good that it got extended to a twelve issue. And I can see it's why. Ongoing, it's yeah. ongoing yeah. now. It's it's hopefully never going to end. Terrific writer, lovely human being brilliant as for myself um nostalgia hit me obviously you know i moved home in office recently and because my new um property doesn't have a massive loft to put all my long boxes in they're all sitting in my office mm-hmm. so all my comics are easily to hand right so i've started rereading all of the batman adventures
1: from oh yeah issue yeah, one
0: because yeah. i've got every issue yeah. of every volume batman adventures gotham adventures batman and robin adventures batman mm-hmm. adventures volume 2 batman beyond i've got them all um, mm-hmm. so i am started rereading those and particularly after losing kevin Conroy last year and losing arlene this week yeah. um it's bittersweet really yeah. really bittersweet yeah and thankfully sky in the uk got the three-part superpowers uh, dc documentary
1: Oh, yeah, that was Which is fantastic. Well, you, you definitely check that out. It was yeah. it was really good. The people the, the the people that they got to be interviewed is is oh, pretty much unreal everybody. Between I watched the all TV three back to, the, back, the, to back. Yeah, yeah so you did watch it. Yeah, it was it's so good. Watched all and three
0: back so to back. So yeah. that's what I've been doing. And um, yeah. well, now I've got so many comics to hand, I'm going to be reading a lot more mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So that's it. That's a wrap on episode 184. And until you see us again, Brad, let our viewers and listeners know where they can hear your voice and read your words. You can read my news reviews, DC Comics News,
1: uh, and occasionally on Mark with the Movie blog, which is uh, our editor Josh's website. Uh, And I'm going to say it, say it every week. Hopefully we'll get back to recording Mad Love with Harley Quinn animated series podcast and the occasional episode of i am the Night, which i really enjoy being part of so i'm always down to be part of that podcast as well and you can follow me on twitter at flicky one and where can people find you
0: wonderful you can find me just by going to google typing in steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes, or even Steve J. Ray's Fantastic Universes to take you to DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, and Fantastic Universes, where I do a lot of damage writing reviews, uh, conducting interviews, and generally nerding out with some wonderful people. Uh, you can catch DC Comics News and Dark Knight News and Fantastic Universes on x oh dear uh, at dc comics news at dk news common at fan universes this wonderful show oh did i see twitter oops <laughs> yes well and it'll always be twitter to me on twitter we used to tweet on uh, x, x simply excrete
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> who knows um the guy who owns it's full of stuff yeah um, so, yep. so, uh yeah dc comics news uh Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube as well, so you can see these heroic faces in all their HD glory. But until you do, always remember to read more comments. Comments. (laughs) We shall return. Have a good week.